Compassion, trust, courage, innovation. The values of Temecula Valley Hospital. We proudly present TVH Health Chat. Here's Melanie Cole. The CDC says that heart disease is the number one killer of both men and women and is more deadly than all forms of cancer combined. That's really amazing when you hear it spoken like that. My guests today are Dr. Andrew Ho. He's an interventional cardiologist and the director of the Cardiac Cath Lab at Temecula Valley Hospital. And Dr. Candace Kim. She's a non-invasive cardiologist and a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Dr. Kim, I'd like to start with you. Please tell us a little bit about the current state of heart disease today. What's the prevalence? And as I just said, is it really more deadly than all forms of cancer? So, you know, as you said, it is the number one killer uh, in the United States um, and actually worldwide. And I do think that there is a lot more awareness nowadays about um, cardiovascular disease. And uh, specifically in women, um, I think there is a lot more uh, awareness about how cardiovascular disease specifically affects women because in the past, um, there's been much more attention focused on men and heart disease. And I think finally, there's a lot more awareness uh, with regard to women. It's certainly true. As all the Framingham studies and all the studies had been done on men, Dr. Kim, do you feel that now as we look forward to heart disease research and what's going to happen in the future, that now we are concentrating a little bit more on women and how our symptoms and our presentation are different than men? Do you see that the studies are headed towards that direction? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, we're we're actually looking at multiple different studies on how not only how women present differently, but how we can treat women differently from men. Right now, we're still using the same standard medications that we use for men. Um, but I know, you know, there are um, studies happening at like Cedar Sinai uh, where they're looking at um, different medications and different imaging studies even for women to detect heart disease. Dr. Ho, let's talk about some of the comorbid conditions that can either contribute or be caused by heart disease and the risk factors that you think are the most prominent, the ones that we really need to be paying attention to. Yes, so um, just as Dr. Kim uh, said previously, there's definitely uh, much increased awareness in the U.S. of heart disease being the number one killer. However, having said that, we still see a lot of, lot of deaths, and that's because we are not doing that great of a job in uh, reducing the number of patients who have uh, risk factors. For example, smoking is still very prevalent in the United States, and smoking leads very significantly to an increased risk of someone having heart disease and heart attack, and also diabetes. So many people uh, are still uh, obese, and therefore, have obesity uh, induced diabetes. And diabetes is by far one of the greatest risk factors uh, for uh, heart disease and ultimately having heart attack. Dr. Ho, one thing that's been in the media lately is about aspirin and taking an aspirin a day to reduce that risk of heart disease or heart attack or even stroke. What What do we know now that's different? I mean, this just came out recently. What do you want us to know about that? So the whole debate about aspirin in the media recently um, is a very interesting topic, and it very well demonstrates um, how medical knowledge evolves over time. Um, I have seen so many 
uh, things in the last decade of my practice that um, items that we know or we knew before were true turn out not to be true. And aspirin is one of them. It was thought before that aspirin is something that we should give to everyone over the age of 45 or 50, even if they've never had heart disease. But now the data is coming back definitely that in those patients who have never had heart disease, the aspirin a day actually is of no benefit to them at all. And that's why the current recommendation is to not give it as what we call primary prevention, meaning patients who've never had heart disease uh, probably would not be helpful to give them an aspirin every day. Thank you for clarifying that because it is confusing when we hear these sorts of things. They also discussed eggs recently too. Dr. Kim, when we think about women, we're multitaskers, and we're going to talk a little bit about diagnosis and, and the cath lab as well with Dr. Ho too, but stress. When we think of risk factors and we hear smoking and family history, where does stress come in? And now we're learning so much more about inflammation and its role in heart disease. Tell us a little bit about how that is now playing a big part in this picture, this total picture when we're looking for heart disease. Right. So I think, you know, over the past, you know, several decades, we've identified certain risk factors for heart disease, like you said, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, smoking, um, but we have, you know, seen over the past several years that people who have chronic inflammation have a higher um, risk for cardiovascular disease. So people who have, you know, underlying arthritis or other chronic inflammatory states. And stress can be um, an inflammatory state as well because when you're under a lot of stress, your body releases um, a lot of different uh, different hormones and different um, steroids, and that can kind of stimulate a similar um, inflammatory state and put you at a little bit of a higher risk for developing cardiovascular disease. And I would like to add to what Dr. Kim said. Uh, So Dr. Kim accurately said that stress really causes patients to be in the state where it leads to increased risk of um, heart disease and uh, episodes of heart attacks. And that's exactly what I see in the cath lab. Uh, When patients come in, uh, to the cath lab with a special form of heart attack called ST elevation myocardial infarction. And a lot of times patients that, let's say they have had heart attacks like this with no prior um, risk factors. They didn't smoke, they are not obese, they don't have diabetes. And you ask them, more often than not, they've had a recent episode of some kind of stress, whether it be personal, financial, etc. And I see that a lot. Um, and For example, in 2007, when I first started uh, my practice, and we all of a sudden noticed a huge influx of patients who have heart attacks, um, and young patients uh, especially. And it it really correlates, um, when you ask these patients how they ended up in the hospital, it correlates well with the time, at that time when we had the major recession, when a lot of people were in financial troubles. So exactly what Dr. Kim said, stress is such a huge uh, determinant uh, in some cases uh, of patients coming in with heart attacks. Dr. Ho, you're in the cardiac cath lab. You're the medical director. Tell us a little bit about what that really even is. What does it mean to say interventional procedures? And while we're talking about some of the latest procedures to diagnose and treat heart disease, is catheterization 
diagnostic in nature? Is it curative? What can be revealed? Is it both? Uh, so the cardiac cath lab is a very special procedure room uh, that has really high-tech equipment, um, in, including an, a very advanced x-ray camera that will allow us to actually look at the tiny coronary arteries. These are the arteries that supply blood to the heart muscle itself. Uh, with these equipment in the cath lab, we can see these arteries in real life, and we can see uh, whether or not they have significant blockages or narrowing, or even whether or not they have actual blood flow. And in, in the cardiac world, there's a form of heart attack, uh, as I mentioned, called ST elevation myocardial infarction. These heart attacks uh, are re- uh, associated with really high uh, mortality rates. And we have found through many clinical trials that the only and best way to treat these types of heart attacks um, and to really save the patient's life is actually to rush them into the cath lab um, and look at these arteries in real life and actually restore blood flow to them as soon as possible. And Temecula Valley um, Hospital is one of those facilities that are what we call semi-receiving centers. So we specialize in uh, taking all these patients from the outlying areas. We fly patients in from hundreds of miles away. We have ambulance drive patients in. And we have a team waiting for, for the patient before the patient arrives. We have cardiologists waiting. And basically our goal is that, and this is a national goal, we have to meet this, and we actually meet this every quarter with a 100% uh, success rate, is that from the, from the second the patient arrives in our emergency room until the patient's artery gets open and blood flow restored, uh, we can do it uh, in, within 90 minutes. And actually, our time, our average time at the hospital is not 90 minutes, but it's actually well below 60 minutes. So the second someone sets foot in the door, whether the patient uh, is driven in by ambulance or whether the patient just walks in complete chest pain, from that moment, our timer starts. And we have shown that we can uh, diagnose the patient, rush the patient to the cath lab, do the angiogram where we look at the arteries and open up the blockage, and we can do that well below 60 minutes. And, and that's an accomplishment that we are very proud of. Wow, that's really amazing, Dr. Ho, to hear you speak of it like that and reassuring for patients of Temecula Valley Hospital as well. And Dr. Kim, we don't have a lot of time in these segments, but what would you like listeners to know about knowing their numbers and if they're on medication for blood pressure, cholesterol, the importance of taking those medications. Tell us why it's so important that we know our numbers and which numbers you feel are the most important for us to know. Obviously, I, you know, I think that it is very important for everyone to, you know, listen to their doctors and take the medications as prescribed. You know, I think sometimes people kind of fall into the trap where they feel like, you know, the medication doesn't make them feel any better. Um, sometimes they can have some side effects from the medications, but, um, you know, the medications are really there to try and help reduce your risk of having any sort of cardiovascular event, such as a heart attack and stroke. Um, the numbers that we kind of look at in the clinic, um, are mostly at the blood pressure. We would like to keep the blood pressure for everyone under 140 over 90. And, um, and we also monitor the cholesterol levels as well. Um, that can be a little bit tricky because, 
new guidelines have come out, and they're not specifically targeting numbers, but targeting a person's overall risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Um, so that, you know, it's going to be hard for people to target a number at home. But for the blood pressure, I would say, you know, trying to keep the blood pressure under 140 over 90. And then for people with diabetes, um, you know, just having good A1C control, so less than 7%. Dr. Ho, first last word to you. I'd like you to wrap up for us with your best information about prevention of heart disease, looking at those risk factors, maybe looking at your exercise habits and sedentary lifestyle and even diet and what you want us to do or think about that we can do right now today to put this whole picture together to hopefully prevent heart disease in the first place. Well, I think certainly uh, because heart disease despite how much we know about heart disease and despite how good we are at rushing the patient to the cath lab and treating their heart attack, it's still the number one killer. And the reason for that is uh, right now we don't have, number one, an optimal uh, prevention strategy for the whole uh, of the United States. And secondly, um, I think our detection rate for um, early symptoms are still not as good. And part of the reason is because people patients can present so differently from one person to the other. Uh, and therefore, I think to make headways on this, number one, uh, we really need um, to improve on our education uh, for the whole population as to uh, what are the, some of the symptoms of heart disease and how to recognize early. And secondly, also to really work on reducing risk factors. So you mentioned, you mentioned diet, uh, definitely uh, moderation in what we eat is the number one thing we can do that really helps. Um, uh, certainly, we can't expect everyone to all of a sudden turn into a vegan diet, but certainly, uh, if we can just moderate the quantities we eat of each type of food, I think that would help a lot. That's great information. Dr. Kim, last word to you, and, and I'm going to direct it a little bit towards women and heart disease. And we know there are so many treatments we didn't get to talk about today. And Dr. Ho did mention some of the cath treatments that are really new and, and really advanced. So you tell us, as far as women, what would you like us to know about taking care of ourselves before we take care of our loved ones? Because if we don't do that, we cannot care for everybody, which is basically what our job is. So what do you want women to know specifically about recognizing those symptoms and saying, you know what, this is not just stress, or maybe it's not just anxiety, because they can mimic each other. What would you like women to know about heart disease? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like women tend to you know, put off their symptoms or put off what they're feeling because they feel like they have a lot of other responsibilities, um, and they, you know... A lot of women do attribute what they're feeling to stress or anxiety um, or other life things. But I really, really would like to emphasize um, that, you know, you know when something is not right or something is different. Um, and it may not be the typical chest pressure um, or shortness of breath, but you know when you're not able to do the things you used to be able to do. Um, and so just don't ignore those symptoms. Take those symptoms seriously and, you know, advocate for yourself um, and go be seen by um, a specialist to make sure that your, your symptoms are being addressed and that you're being evaluated for um, cardiovascular disease. 
Thank you both so much for joining us today. It's great information, and it's more important than people even realize to pay attention to those symptoms, to recognize them, and to try and modify the risk factors that we can modify. Thank you again for joining us. You're listening to TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. For more information, please visit TemeculaValleyHospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for tuning in.